Well, this morning we're going to, as Pastor Brandon said, we're going to kick off a series called Planted. And it's out of the parable in Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus tells the parable of the sower. But you know, I was thinking about this in the last weeks. You know, thank God for social media. Thank God for TV. I mean, if you think for a moment, if you didn't have the opportunity to hear preaching or or join others in prayer on social media, and you totally had to rely on what's in your tank spiritually, how well would you have done? See, we, we have to prepare ourselves and we have to learn as David encouraged himself in the Lord. We need to learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Amen. And so I want to talk to you about that today. You know, the Bible uses, um, natural analogies that are very, very common to the people that, uh, the, the Bible speaks to, like you and I. And it uses analogies like horticulture and agriculture. And, and it uses these word pictures to help us understand spiritual truths. And one of those analogies is the analogy of planting. If you've ever gardened or you're a gardener, you know that the success of your garden has everything to do with your planting, how well you planted, right? And so in Psalm 92 in verse 12 is one of the examples of the Lord using or the scripture using planting to encourage our hearts. And it says in verse 12, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green. That's a great passage of scripture. The psalmist used the analogy of a palm tree and the cedar of Lebanon. Both of these trees are very strong trees. You know, whenever you go in an area where a hurricane has swept through, like, you know, in the Caribbean or on the coast and, 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 or if you go to, to the, the Middle East and, and you'll see the palm tree when everything else is leveled, the palm tree is still there. And when you look at the tree of Lebanon, the cedar of Lebanon, it's a very valuable tree, but it's a strong tree. And the scripture says, when you get planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to be like a palm tree and you're going to be like a cedar in Lebanon. Amen. Which means when the hurricane of pandemic hits your life, you're going to stay standing when everybody else has fallen. Come on now. I need some amens this morning. Amen. I need a better amen. Now, the application is this. If we'll get firmly planted in the, in the Lord, it doesn't matter if we're going through this economic, this financial, this, this worldwide crisis, you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Can I tell you? You're going to be okay. Come on. I know you didn't hear this on CNN, but you're going to be okay. Come on. All right. Come on. You're going to be all right. Amen. You're a palm tree. You're a cedar. Amen. Now, here's another analogy. Psalm 1 says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither and whatever he does, he prospers. I love that. I love that. How would you like your life to continually prosper in every season and in everything that you go through? According to the scripture, you can. You can. 
I said you can. Despite what the media says, you can. Despite what your storm is saying, you can continue to succeed. Amen. You know, in Jeremiah 17, Jeremiah makes a, a contrast. Contrast is somebody well-planted and somebody not well-planted. And he says in verse five, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wasteland. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. What a vivid picture, right? When your life is not properly planted, you're like a bush planted in the wasteland. But then he uses the contrast. In verse 7, he says, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Wow. Isn't that great? That's great. Come on. Whenever you're properly planted in the Lord, you're going to prosper even when everything else is falling apart. Come on. When everything is in a drought, you're going to still have leaves on your plant. You're going to still have strength in your tree. Amen. Your life will be like a tree and not like a bush. Amen. When your life is firmly planted, you will know that everything's going to be okay. You know, in the last two months, you know, with everything that we've gone through, you know, you have some people that have really been struggling. They've really been hit hard. And, and you know, some people are feeling depressed. They're feeling discouraged. They're struggling with fear and anxiety. They're feeling helpless and hopeless. I mean, they're really in the molly grubs. And then you have other people, they haven't lost a beat. They're going through the same pandemic. They're going through the same crisis that everybody else is. But bless the Lord, they still have their joy. They still have their peace. They're full of confidence. They're full of faith and trust in the Lord. Amen. They're enjoying the grace of God in their life because they properly planted. See, the reality is how well we've been doing in the last few months has everything to do with how well we've been planted in the Lord. And so, you know, I was thinking, man, we need to equip the children of God, the saints of God, like never before. Listen, I can give you a cup of water or I can show you to the spring. Come on, it would be better that I show you where the water is instead of just giving you a cup of water. Amen. Listen, I can hand you a fish, but it would be better that I showed you where to get the fish instead of just give you a fish. So you can get a fish every time you need a fish. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me today? Come on, let me hear a name, man, right there. Come on, it'll encourage me to preach better. Amen. So how do you get firmly planted in the Lord? Number one, you must develop a strong dependency on God's word. A strong dependency. Listen, the Bible, saints, can't just be another book that you sometimes read in your life. It has to be the most important book of your life. It's the word of God. It's the word of life. Amen. In Psalm 1, he says, listen, don't stand in the seat of the scorners and the scoffers and all that, but delight yourself in the law of the Lord, and then you will be planted in the springs of water. The only way to get planted is you got to become dependent on the word of God. And so dependency on God's word comes when we develop an appetite for God's word, when we develop this hunger. But his delight 
is in the law of the Lord. Do you delight in the law of the Lord? You need to develop an appetite for the Lord, an appetite for the word of God. And here's why we need an appetite, because an appetite ultimately controls and influences your life. Whatever you have an appetite for will control your life. For instance, if you're a health nut, if you're a, you know, a physical fitness nut, that appetite to be in tip top health and shape is going to be a controlling factor of your life. It'll control what you eat. It'll control when you go to bed. It'll control when you wake up. It'll control your life. When you get an appetite for the word of God, it begins to control your life. Amen. Not CNN, not NBC, not ABC. Come on, not, not Facebook, not Snapchat, not all that junk. Come on, I'm talking about the Word of God. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me today? You know, whenever you have an appetite for the Word of God, what happens is it begins to affect the choices you make. It begins to affect your lifestyle. Listen, I don't need anybody walking around telling me what I can or what I can't do. The Word of God tells me what to do. Come on. Amen. And so listen, if you get an appetite for the Word of God, it'll alter your moral character and and it'll shape your values that you hold dear to life. It will ultimately begin transforming you. That's why you need to have an appetite for the word of God. Figuratively speaking, delighting yourself in the word plants you in the streams of water. Listen, whenever you go to a desert around where the river is, there's big trees, there's healthy trees, there's flourishing trees. You get away from the stream, you get away from the creek, the, the, the water source, and everything is dead. You see, God don't want you to be in the wasteland, in the desert land, drying on the vine. He wants you to be planted by the streams of water. When everything else is dying, you're flourishing. Come on. It doesn't matter what you go through, what you, what you deal with. You're going to flourish no matter what. Why? Because your source is not the source of this kingdom. Your source is the source of another kingdom, the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's what God wants you to tap into. To develop a dependency on God also, you may make room in your daily schedule for the Word of God. Listen, I'm just asking the question. When's the last time you got into the Word? Unhurried, quiet time, just by, the, by yourself with the Lord. Listen, if you want to be free from depression and discouragement and anxiety and fear and helplessness and hopelessness, you need to find your little chair with a cup of coffee and you need to grab the Word of God and you need to start getting in the Word of God every day of your life. Amen? Psalm, Psalm 1 and 2 says, His law, in His law, He meditates day and night. Day and night. Day and night means frequently. Day and night means often, right? To meditate means to ponder, to study, to think over, to, to meditate on. You know, the Jewish, the Jewish people, the Orthodox Jews, whenever they read the Bible, they concentrated. You know, you can read something and get nothing out of it. Have you ever done that? Like I've read three chapters and I, I can't tell you what I just read. And then I go back and I read it again. Sometimes I get past the chapter and say, I still have not even understood what I just read. My mind's a hundred miles away. And so you got to meditate on the word. And the Orthodox Jews, they would read the Bible out loud. Because if you read it out loud, your mind is more likely to engage. And you're more likely to get it down in your spirit. Are y'all with me out there? 
You see, you can't just read the Bible just like a storybook. No, you got to read not for the written word, but for a rhema word, a now word, a word from God for you. Amen. And when you get that word, man, it is like a, a cup of water on a hot, thirsty day. And you say, thank God for that word. Are y'all with me out there? You got to spend time in the word of God. You got to make it a priority. Amen. And I really believe this. If you will develop an appetite for the word, make it a priority of your life. I really believe this. Your blood pressure is going to drop. Come on. Your fear and your anxiety level will decrease. Come on. I'm talking to you this morning. Come on. It will dispel discouragement and depression. Come on. You know what? Whenever you get in the word of God, it's going to, it's going to give you a, a, a calm sense of state of being. Amen. And, and you're going to talk to the neighbors. You're going to talk to other people and they're going to be fretting and they're going to be falling apart at the seam. And you're going to be like that palm tree and you're going to be like that cedar of Lebanon, strong, tough. And when the winds and the waves and the, and the adversity of life hits your life, it doesn't matter what you go through. You will bear fruit in every season of your life, including a worldwide pandemic. Amen. Here's the second way to get firmly planted in the Lord. Protect the seed of God's word in your heart. And this is where we go finally to that psalm. I mean, that, that parable in Matthew 13. You remember Jesus tells this parable about the sower, the former, and he went out and he sowed seed. He scattered seed. And the Bible says that the seed fell on four different kinds of soil, right? One seed fell by the footpath. One seed, the Bible says, fell on rocky places. One seed fell among thorns and one seed fell on good soil. Then Jesus explains the meaning of the parable and he says, the former that sowed the seed is the Lord. The seed is the word of God. And the, the soil, the four different soils represents four different kinds of people and how they responded or how they were affected by the seed that was sown. And so basically, whenever I was reading that parable, I was thinking, wait a minute, in our society right now, in our church body, in our church family, in, in the Christian community across the globe, you have some people that are fruitful. They're bearing fruit, 30, 60, 100 foe. And you have some that are dying on the vine. They're like living in a, like a bush in a parched land. God does not want you to live like a bush in a parched ground, in a parched land. The Lord wants you to thrive. Listen. Listen, the Lord wants you to thrive, brothers and sisters. I know CNN is not telling you this, but I'm here to tell you this morning. God wants you to thrive through this time. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe the word of God that he wants you to do good and not fail as everybody else is shattering or, or, or shaking and, and, and trembling? And what's happening? You're going to be steady. You're going to be calm. And you're going to flourish. And you're going to be prosperous in every area of your life. Amen. The four different kinds of seed. Jesus explains the parable that the birds came and ate the first seed. And the first, the second seed, before it even germinated, it was gone. The second seed, it looked like it was going to do good. And then the sun came out, it was scorched and it died off. The sun represents trials and tribulations, right? And then that third or, or the third seed was among thorns and uh, and the thorns choked. It, it looked like it was going to bear fruit. If you looked at it, it looked like just like the fruitful vine. 
but it got choked out. And it never produced fruit. Only the fourth seed produced fruit. And that's going to be you and I. We're going to produce fruit in our life. We're going to produce fruit in the midst of this pandemic. Amen. Why wasn't the other three seeds fruitful? Jesus explains it's because the seed or the word of God was stolen because it wasn't properly protected. You got to protect the seed in your life. You got to protect the word of God in your life. It's not just an ordinary, normal storybook. It's the word of God. And if, in, if anything today, if I could just give you just a, just wet your, your, your thirst for the word of God. I, I was thinking, you know, sometimes your phone will tell you how long you've been on the phone this week. You've been on the phone four hours, 27 average, four hours, 27 minutes this week per day. Imagine if we got into the word four hours, 27 minutes every day. I'm telling you. No devil in hell could take us out. Amen. No circumstance could discourage us. We would be ready to go bear hunting with a switch. Amen. Because we would have the confidence of the word of God. Now notice the explanation of the parable in verse 18. Jesus says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the former planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. See, the first seed is the seed that fell on the footpath, and it represents those who they hear the message. But before it germinates in their life, the birds come and eat it up. Now, this Jesus said that bird is the evil one. And the evil one is always trying to steal the seed from your life. He snatches it away, and Jesus says the reason is you don't really understand it. So you have to get beyond the surface. You can't just read the Bible. Okay, I checkmark. I read a chapter today. No, what did the Bible tell you today? What did the Bible speak to you today? Is there an example to follow? Is there a promise to proclaim? Is there, is there something to avoid? Come on, is there a comfort to get a hold of? The Bible was meant to encourage our lives. Amen. Come on, I need an amen right now, and it'll help me to finish this up. Amen. The birds represent the evil one. Now, two ways to protect the word of God in your heart. The first one is, Commit to being a student of the word of God. A student. You got to be a student. You got to get beyond just casual Bible reading. You, you got to get, you got to get an appetite for it and begin studying it. Listen, we need to realize Satan will do whatever he can to keep the word of God from us. Now, listen, I want to talk to you Christians that were raised in church. Your mom and dad raised you in church. They always brought you to church and you just grew up in church. Listen. God doesn't have any grandchildren. He's only got children. You can't live on the rhema of your mama and daddy. You need a rhema. Come on, you need to listen. The word is not, it's not going out of style. The word of God is still in style. It's still speaking. It's still changing. It's still transforming. And you need to get a word for your life. Amen. You need a word, a rhema word for you. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. 
You say, why does Satan try to keep people and discourage people from reading the Bible, from being in the Bible, from hearing the Bible preached? Why is it that he doesn't want us around the preaching and teaching and studying of the word of God? Because he knows that if we get to know the word of God, he's doomed in our life. He has no more power in our life. Amen. And he'll do everything he can. Years ago, Tanya and I had um, a couple that we were ministering to. And man, they, they had... Um, they had a lot to, a lot to overcome. And we were ministering to them. It was like in the middle of the night, we got a call. They were in a bit of a big fight. We went over there to minister to them. And in our conversation with them, the wife says, you know, we're trying to tell them, you need to read your Bible so you can learn how to act and react and all that. And, and the wife said, every time I try to read the Bible, I get sick and I feel something come over me. And it's like, I, I can't even open my Bible. And, and, and then if I get it open, I fall asleep. So we're like, okay, that's the devil. That's a spiritual attack. And so we said, no, there's something. Let's, let's pray over that. And we took authority over that, that blinding spirit, that attacking spirit. We broke its power off her life. And then all of a sudden she could read the Bible. Well, saints, listen. You might not be like this, the state this lady was in, but I'm telling you, the enemy's going to fight you on every hand. He'll try to keep you out of the book because if you get to know the God of the book, then he's doomed. Amen. And listen, if you want to live victorious, you want to live in freedom, you got to get to know the creator, the, the Messiah, the resurrected one, the one that's in charge over all of this. Don't worry about what, what China did. Come on, don't worry about what the Democrats do and the Republicans do. Don't worry about it all. God's got a plan, and his plan is not going to get put aside because of a pandemic. His, time, his plan is right on time, and you're part of his plan. And so don't worry about conspiracy theorists and what they might be doing over there in the White House. Forget about all that, man. Come on. You live by another kingdom, and it's the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if you're getting anything out of this, but I'm getting happy while I'm preaching it. Do you remember Jesus said, listen to this. John 8, 31, Jesus said, was saying to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue my word, then you're truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now, we often quote, you're going to know the truth and the truth will make you free. But we don't quote as often the verse before it. If you continue in my word, then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Continue means daily, means often. Remember the manna, whenever the children of Israel ate manna, if they got manna too much, and they, they didn't take a break on Saturday. They were supposed to, you know, uh, eat, get enough for two days. God would give them enough. For the Sabbath, they weren't supposed to get any. If they got any, it would turn into worms. Remember that? But God was teaching, listen, we need daily manna, brothers and sisters. We need the manna of the word of God. So listen, if you don't have social media, if you don't have the internet, if you don't have TV, are you going to feed your spirit, man? See, you got to get into the word of God and make it a priority of your life. Amen. And so, first of all, you got to fit it in your schedule. Commit to being a student of the word of God. But number two, you have to put your total faith and trust in the word of God. See, it's not just good to know the word. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? When the Bible says, if you meditate and you dwell on the word of God and you, and you follow it and you apply it to your life, 
Do you believe that God is going to keep you and he's going to provide for you? See, it's not good enough to know it. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? You know, years ago, I had a friend that was having all kinds of problems with addictions. And, and, you know, I think the enemy is using this time and he's bringing people into dark places because they're so they're scrambling for answers and they don't have the, their normal solutions. And they're and they're get and the enemy is drawing them into dark corners. And my, my friend was in a dark corner. And I said, listen, man, he said, Todd, I know you were on drugs. How did you get delivered? I said, well, man, the Lord just delivered me, man. I, I you know, I didn't go to like anything like, you know, like, you know, uh, AA or anything like that, but I, I got addicted to church. Like I went to church every, almost every day of the week. I was in Bible studies and church services and all that. And I said, listen, man, if you put your faith and trust in God, you too can get delivered. And he said, ah, I hear what you're saying, but, but what else did you do? See, he wasn't putting his faith in the word of God. Are you, are you putting your trust in the word of God? Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe in the word of God? You've got to believe it for it to have impact in your life. Amen. The children of Israel, remember, they never went into the promised land. They lived in the wilderness. Why? Because they didn't have faith in the word. Hebrews 4.2 says, for we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them. Because those who heard it didn't combine it with faith. Remember, God said, go into the promised land. They sent spies and the spies came back and said, there's giants in the land. We can't go in. There was two guys, Joshua and Caleb, said, no, God said, let's go in. Y'all can stay over here if you want. I'm going over there. Two guys went into the promised land. Why? They put faith in the word of God. Come on. Are you going to be like the 10 in the wilderness or the two in the promised land? Come on. You got to trust the word of God. You got to put the faith in the word of God because the enemy will come and snatch it right out of your life. Come on. Y'all with me? Are you hearing me this morning? You can't get firmly planted in the Lord, in the streams of water until you put your faith and trust in the word of God. Listen, if I told you I've got 10 lessons for you to prosper financially like, like nobody in your family ever has, how many of you would be interested in that? See, if you understand the word of God correctly, it is instructions for you to prosper financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, relationally, every area of your life. And if you get, a, if you get this, that you have such an incredible resource at your dispense, the word of God, the instructional manner for life. You're not going to let your Bible or your phone or your iPad or whatever it is collect dust. You can say, oh, no, there's instructions in there for me to be successful in my life. Amen. Do you want to be a bush planted in the wilderness or do you want to be a palm tree? that can handle the hurricanes of life, that can handle the storms of life. And after everything is done and th there's casualties all over, you're standing there like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? If you're with me, say amen. Yeah. Amen. Come on. Now, now, the third and final key to getting planted in the Lord is you got to surrender to the God of the word. 
In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The word of God is speaking of Jesus. You can never really, really be transformed by the word of God until you give your heart and your life to the author of the word of God. You got to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, before I became a Christian, I would try reading the Bible. It's like, hmm, man, there's a lot of wars and a lot of like stuff that I can't even understand. And then I became a Christian. And then all of a sudden the same Bible would open it up and it's like, whoa, man, that's good stuff. Wow. Man, I want to apply that in my relationships. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, 15, this even today when they read Moses' writings, that's the Bible, their hearts are covered with a veil and they do not understand. But who, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You'll never, you'll never understand the word and the birds will always steal the seed. The evil one will always steal the seed from your life until you surrender your life to the Lord. Would you bow your head with me? If you hear today and you say, Todd, man, this thing has shaken me and I realize my need to get right with God. I'm ready to surrender my life to the Lord. Would you pray for me? If that's you, would you just lift your hand while everybody's got their heads bowed and just in a moment of privacy? Thank you. See your hand over here. Right here, sir, I see your hand. It's just between you and the Lord. Just between you and him. Can we just pray this prayer together as a family? Would you say this, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your all, dying on the cross, shedding your blood so that I could be saved. Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned, but I thank you for the hope that my sins can be forgiven. I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me from every wrong. I'm ready. I'm ready to serve you. I'm ready to live for you. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Now, would you stand with me? Just all of you. And I just want to pray over you right now. And I want to pray that God would give you a greater appetite for the word of God. He'd give you a greater hunger for the things of God. Can you just receive this prayer right now and just say, Lord, just give me an appetite like, like I like I crave ice cream, like, like I crave sweets or whatever it is you crave. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, would you give me a delight for the word of God, a passion for the word of God? Lord, Father, I pray right now for every person in this room. I thank you that depression is broken. Oppression is broken. Discouragement is broken. I thank you that fear and intimidation is destroyed. I thank you, Lord, that the joy of the Lord is being released over the people of God. I speak the blessing of the Lord. They are like a tree firmly planted. They're not a bush. They're a cedar of Lebanon. Come on, Lord, I thank you that they're like palm trees, strong and resilient, Lord, of the storms of life. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the blessing of the Lord over the people of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen.
hey, for two more weeks, we'll have to do this. Thank you for respecting everybody else's space. And just, you know, we should have a little button that says, don't hug me or I'm huggable or something like that. Or, you know, but, you know, just God bless you. So good to be with you. We love you guys. So good to be with y'all. Hey, just hold your head high. You're going to make it through this. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.